Coast, good morning on the West Coast, and a great day to you wherever and whenever you may be listening. My name is Jason Dias, broadcasting and podcasting live from the studio of eloquenceonline.net in beautiful New Braunfels, Texas, Republic thereof. And we are doing a live show today. I woke up this morning and said, you know what, I want to do the core part of the show live today. And for 11 years, we've been doing this. Yes, a little earth, wind, and fire. September as we kick off the fall banking season. Of course, last night, the NFL season kicked off. It was always fun. That is absolutely right. Hey, look at that. I think Greg Zerlin just missed another kick. Well, I want to send a quick shout-out to our friends over in Houston at Texas, Dow Employees Credit Union, Lake Jackson, Texas, Houston, Texas, all over East Texas. My buddy Josh Bryan, we had him on the show a few weeks ago talking about their partnership, the official credit union, TDECU, the official credit union of the Houston Texans, who are now the only Texas football team this season who have not lost a game. And so it's that time of year again. I'm calling it the fall banking season. That's the name of the episode today here on the Power Performance Podcast, the show that asks the question, if your banking brand were a band, would you leave the audience wanting more? See what happens when you do a live show. You mess up the entire intro. Well, today we've got a lot of great stuff. We're going to have, we have a great interview with Michelle Davis from United Federal Credit Union. Of course, we're kicking off. Uh, the, I call it the fall banking season. You know, people are back from vacation. Things are getting back to normal. And for me, this is the most important time of the year. You know, between now and basically the Thanksgiving and Christmas breaks, when you don't really try to do a lot of cold calling and things like that during that time. I like to try to leave people alone in December. And so now from September and October, pretty much six weeks to really get some great content work done and lock up some things that I've been working on. I love this time of year. I'm wearing my Pittsburgh Steelers jersey. NFL season kicks off this week. And then, of course, uh, everyone will be posting their reminiscence 20 years later after September 11th. You know, I have never called it what everybody else calls it. It irritated me to no end. 20 years ago, on September 12, 13, and 14, we were all calling, everybody else was calling it 9-11. Like, we're too busy to say September 11. We already had this cool little hashtag or emoticon before those things existed to describe this terrible, terrible day. And 20 years later, I've never called it that. I always referred to it as September 11th. And if you want to stick around after the interview with Michelle, I'm going to tell you a story about that day that I've never shared before since a lot of people will be doing that. I thought about not doing the show today, but these knuckleheads, uh, these idiots in those plans already messed up enough things. They're not going to prevent the show from going forward. And then, of course, this morning I'm perusing the social media feed, and from my good buddy, John Bradsakis from up at the Maryland, D.C. Credit Union Association sent some news to me, which gives us a chance to do something that we haven't done in a long time. It is the Wells 
Fargo update. The Wells Fargo wagon! The Wells Fargo wagon! Oh, the Wells Fargo wagon is a coming down the street. Oh, please let it be for me. Oh, oh the Wells Fargo wagon is a coming down the street. I wish, I wish I knew what it could be. I got a box of maple sugar on my birthday. In March, I got a great mad and all. And once I got some grapefruit from Tampa. Montgomery Ward sent me a bath of and a Ah, yes. Good old Wells Fargo back in the news again. From Reuters, dateline September 9th, a top U.S. banking regulator fined Wells Fargo $250 million, no big deal to them, and placed new restriction on the bank's business after finding shortcomings in its earlier efforts to pay back customers it had previously harmed. Nice job there, Reuters. Uh, bank customers it had previously cheated and deceived might be a better way to say that. And so the Wells Fargo guys, I guess they're going to get re-established. Re, re so watch out when that Wells Fargo wagon comes down the street. It might have an account that you didn't open, loan insurance that you didn't buy, and who knows what else. But the Wells Fargo wagon is $250 million lighter today as they continue to brand themselves as the most corrupt banking brand in all of banking. On a side note, when I worked for Norwest Banks back in the late 1990s, the now disgraced John Stump, who has been banned from banking for the rest of eternity uh, when he was the CEO of Wells Fargo, the first time they were cheating everybody, he was actually my market manager at Norwest Banks back in the late 1990s. Thankfully, none of that has rubbed off on me, nor has it rubbed off on the great folks up in Arkansas at United Federal Credit Union. We're going to go up to Arkansas and visit Michelle Davis, and we're going to do it all right after this. You're literally listening to The Power of Performance. For the second time in the show's history, we're going up to the great state of Arkansas to visit with Michelle Davis, and I started by asking her, hey, tell us a little bit about your career in banking. My career in banking? Let's see, I started when I was 17. I was still in high school. The full-time teller, then teller supervisor. Let's see, I had nine years with a company. Um, then I had gone to TransUnion, actually, for a couple of years. Then I started as a teller at United Federal Credit Union. Um, I had nine years banking experience, so I moved up from a teller to an MSA to an assistant branch manager to a branch manager and now an RMDM, which is basically business development, and I've been here 11 years. One of the things I've noticed about Michelle and her credit unit is every time I check in on social media, they are doing something proactive within their community, and so I asked her about that. Well, I, again, have worked here 11 years. 
I do not think I will ever work anywhere else. <laughs> uh, the credit union has been very involved in the community. We're out doing things all the time. In fact, on a meeting I just had, we're talking about recognizing the truck drivers, cooking for them, you know, providing service or, or dinner, lunch, whatever for them because we know and appreciate our truck drivers. So, yes, we're very involved in the community and what's going on. I recently saw a picture that Michelle had posted on LinkedIn. She was dropping her son off at college, and it got me thinking about those of us in the banking marketplace, sometimes, myself included, don't do the best job of preparing our young people for that independent financial life. As you're going to find out, I was obviously terrible at it. And so I wanted to ask her, if all the young people heading back to college or heading out into the world, if you could give them one bit of financial advice, what would it be? Educate yourself. Know what's what your plan is and plan ahead. And in saying that, it, I kind of chuckle because I don't know that I prepared my children for that. I don't know that I did I that for myself. But that would definitely be the advice I would have. Well, Michelle and I had a very long conversation off the air about this, preparing our young people, those of us in banking. And I've got to tell you, I did a terrible job. This goes back a few years. I'm sitting in the very studio that I'm sitting in now where I've hosted this banking podcast for 11 years. I've interviewed hundreds of banking CEOs and professionals. I've worked in banking. I've worked at a bank. I've worked at a credit union. And 20-plus years, something must have rubbed off. So I consider myself maybe not the foremost expert in banking, but I know a little something about it. And my son walks into my studio and says, Dad, what is a routing number? The most basic things in financial literacy and the financial lexicon and vernacular. And for all my experience, I had not prepared my son. And Michelle admitted she hadn't done a great job either. And more importantly, that she does things for her young people to make banking easier. And I'm guilty of that as well. Well, that's exactly right. I think we had talked about um, attorneys or, or something, and maybe they just take care of what needs to be taken care of for their family. And we kind of do the same thing. If there's banking that needs to be taken care of, we tend to just take care of it. Then we don't always educate and teach that to our kids like we probably should. I wholeheartedly agree, myself included. I wonder how many banking professionals out there have experienced the same thing where their family really doesn't know a whole lot about banking despite the fact that we've been doing this for a long time. Finally, I asked Michelle, hey, when you're not at work, what kinds of things do you enjoy doing? Oh gosh, um, I like staying busy and when I complete one thing, I fill it with another. <laughs> But I definitely keep myself busy. I'm involved in a lot. So um, I'm currently earning my bachelor's degree in organizational leadership. I have 33 hours left. So um, I'm working on that. I'm in Cornerstone Leadership Academy. I'm in Leadership Crawford County. I'm an ambassador for a couple of different credit um, chambers down here. I'm on a, a couple of boards, Future Fort Smith and the Mercy Foundation. So I keep my best self very busy. I also have a family. I'm, I have a husband. He and I have been married for several years now. I have three kids. They are 25, 22, 18. One graduated college, one just went off to college, and I have two grandkids. So I keep busy. It sure sounds like it. Her name is Michelle Davis. A little different spelling on Michelle if you want to look her up on LinkedIn. It's M-I-S. 
H-E-L-L-E, Michelle Davis. She's the Regional Market Development Manager at United Federal Credit Union up in the great neighboring state of Arkansas, just north and east of here from New Braunfels, Texas, Republic thereof. And we thank her so much for joining us on the Power Performance Podcast. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you. Awesome job. Great job. Great job. Absolutely. Great job, Michelle Davis. Always doing something. Like I said on the show a couple weeks ago, you've noticed the theme on the show recently. We are talking to people that are doing the real banking business, retail banking. Uh, Make sure you join us next week as we go up to South Bend, Indiana, for our monthly visit with our retail banking coach, John Wilkening, who's going to tell you how to bank like a champion today and every day. Always look forward to our conversations with John, and so you don't want to miss that. Okay, uh, we're 20 years on, 20 years later. I know everyone's going to be I'm, – I'm probably not even going to look at social media tomorrow. Um, but just to set this up, it's important to know that 10 years before the attacks on September 11th, I had been deployed to Operation Desert Shield and Operation Desert Storm in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, and because of the gig that I ended up having on the security detail for the some of the guys out of the, the Saudi Arabian Air Force Academy or King Faisal Air Base, I don't remember exactly what it was called. I spent a lot of time around um, the Saudis, and they all spoke English, uh, especially the pilots, and I got to tell you, you know, we're over there defending Saudi Arabia, and they had nothing but contempt for America and Western ideals. You can put all the coexist bumper stickers you want on your car. I'm telling you, there was just, it was just a very, very unfortunate situation to be in a country protecting them and the oil and, and knowing that they had no admiration for us or our way of life or anything like that. I, I, I went into a lot of this when I was doing my podcast that I did, Thunder and Lightning, Operation Desert Storm. I talk about this culture clash. And so, I mean, fast forward a couple of years, I was in college. I was the president of a very large student organization, and I get called, I get reprimanded, basically, called into, I didn't even know they had like a principal's office at the University of Texas at San Antonio, the director of student life, saying, hey, you've got to stop talking about and we never used the word Islam or Muslim in those days. It was always Arab or Middle East. I'd been on this this thing about when the next big attack comes, it's not going to come from the Russians. It's not going to come from the Chinese. It's not going to come from militias in Michigan. It's going to come from Saudi Arabia. And so on September 11th that morning, you know, you don't want to be running around yelling, I told you so, when you're watching these terrible things. But I wasn't surprised. I wasn't surprised at all. And so now that story that I've never told anybody, and this is a true story, God is my witness, the, uh, in those days on September 11th, 2001, I was working for EDS, Electronic Data, Electronic Data Systems, the company Ross Perot founded up in the Dallas area, up in Plano, 
Texas. I worked for what's called the Credit Union Industry Group, and my job was basically cold calling credit union CEOs all day, all over the country, trying to get them to purchase our internet banking solution, our bill pay solution. And I think we were just starting to get online lending. We had this portal thing that we had. It was, it, it, I didn't really even, it's probably the only time, given the time, 2001, believe it or not, not every banking brand had internet banking in the fall of 2001. It's one of the reasons I wanted to do a live show today, just kind of a throwback show uh, with all of, the, all of the things that go into doing a live show. So all of this is being done extemporaneously. Well, I had an office, and I shared that bigger office with a group of people who also worked for EDS, but in a completely different department. They worked for San Antonio Credit Union, which is now called Credit Human, and they basically supported all of the ATM functions in San Antonio and South Texas. If an ATM machine went down, they went out and took care of it. They didn't stop the money, obviously. That was taken care of by somebody else. But any issues with the machine, um, they would go out and take a look at it. Well, as we're all in the break room watching the events unfold, um, the two guys that had been out on a call come into the break room, and they're very upset. I mean, we're all upset. We're watching this. The towers haven't collapsed yet. And um, they've been at a gas station not too far from the, the office building where we were. It was a mobile gas station. I myself had filled my car up there in the past. It was on my way home. It was a way to get around the intersection. So I'd been there myself. And, yes, I know it sounds uh, like a stereotype, but a lot of times stereotypes are stereotypes because they're spot on a gas station that was owned by Middle Eastern men. And the two employees had come back to the office upset because they said when they were there working on the ATM machine, they could hear the guys in the back cheering. And that when they asked them what they were cheering about, they said they were watching a soccer match at 9 o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday. I don't think so. Well, I was livid. Uh, I went down into uh, to my car. I said this was just right across the street. And I drove over, and it was the time when the, when the first tower was coming down. I walked in very quietly, and I heard them cheering, too. And when I asked them, they said the same thing. Oh, we're watching a soccer match. And I said, like, who's playing? And they couldn't answer. Can I see the game? They wouldn't let me in the back. They knew that I knew. And I had some choice remarks for them based upon my time uh, in the war in Saudi Arabia fighting against Arabs and what I thought about their ability to fight, and of course, all of our all of our emotions were very high on that particular day. And then I went back to the office, and when the when the second tower fell, that's when I said, "We all hey, go get your families, go get your kids. We're all going home." And we did. And of course, so you know, spent the rest of the day just trying to figure out uh, what was going on uh, and how the world had changed so dramatically between breakfast and lunch. And I'll never forget thinking about that. You know, this is the most consequential morning, maybe, of my entire life. And everybody, the four generations that can remember it. Well, 20 years later, all I want to say is that, you know, I've, I've been to that part of the world 
and although there was no social media in 2001, I never understood the need to invade Afghanistan and Iraq because to me the enemy was and will always be located in Saudi Arabia. And I know they're making you know, changes with the new guy in charge there, but 20 years ago it, it, it was just a very uncomfortable situation to be in, that, that attitude of I told you so, and it's a perspective that a lot of people didn't have because not a lot of people spend time in Saudi Arabia for, for any reason. I just got a little notification from PBS. There it is again, 9-11. I never use that term. I always call it September 11th. And um, I will just be patiently waiting to see what happens over the next several years as I continue my search for what I refer to as the Pax Americana, the American peace, and we can all just get back to living our lives, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, church on Sunday, to God be the glory. Thank you so much for listening to the Power Performance Podcast, the show that asks the question, if your brand, if your banking brand were a band, would you leave the audience wanting more? And until next we speak, my name is Jason Dice, and we'll talk to you all next week. Take care. Only got one shot, gonna take it now Going all in, gonna make it count Won't look back, gonna set my eyes There ain't no practice runs in life This is the